Hey, hello everyone. This is Dave from Opposing the Matrix. <clears throat> I want to apologize. Um, we were not on Monday night, therefore I did not post anything Monday night or Tuesday. Reason being that um, I had to day off and I had a lot of doctor's appointments, uh, as did my wife. And uh, by the time we got home, it was so close to the time that Brian and I normally do the show. So I called Brian and I said, Brian, I says, I've run into kind of a little bit of a dilemma. Maybe we can put off the show um, until next week because, you know, of everything that's happened today. And he says, oh, my God. He says, praise the Lord. He says, because uh, I just got done moving. I just got done um, looking through my boxes and I couldn't find my um my iPad or his pad that he uses uh, to do the show so he had to go out and buy another one and uh, but we did end up getting everything set up so that when he comes on on Monday night uh, we are ready to get up and going but um, anyway it was just a very exhausting day for both of us and uh, both being just about the same age it's um, you know realizing that we're not young bucks anymore and uh uh, so we uh, we decided just to put it off. And I know that uh, since we're not doing a live show, it's not as important as when we were doing live shows. God willing, and the creek don't rise, someday we will be doing live video shows. Um, and here we go with the hat again. Everything is backwards, like looking in a mirror trying to figure things out. Well, anyway, that looks a lot better. Um letting the beard grow a little bit um thanks for all your prayers i know i requested prayer a few weeks ago and uh things are starting to really turn hot at work um evidently they don't think that um well let's just put it this way work is just being difficult and uh, the doctor would rather have me stay on my own unit where I'm not exposed to a lot of people. However, work thinks otherwise. And frankly, don't they don't care uh, that if I came down with COVID, it could kill me. So anyway, um, we're in the process of going through a union um, dispute with them. And uh, also, I'm writing the state. State has, Oregon has a special... Um, program that you can go through where uh, you can file a complaint against such things but um, I find it awful funny that uh, working for a hospital institution that's run by the state um, hospitals are traditionally supposed to be places where sick people can go and or work and feel that they're safe however there's just a few people at my workplace that don't believe that and they just happen to be the ones that are running a stupid place um so anyway uh we're going through that so your continued prayers are appreciated um what i put together for tonight i finished um yesterday uh you know i do gamachia profiles on people and i find some very interesting things when i do those profiles um, again, I am not a numerologist, nor do I believe in incorporating it into my uh, messianic faith. But there is something odd about gematria, and that it kind of it um, 
it ties things together when it comes to people. I don't really get into the habit of looking at people I know and love. I don't want to know about what the Gematria says about them because I know them, and I don't need to know that. But people that are in uh, high places that are put there for whatever reason or by whatever source is um, who are opposed to our faith, um, I want to know about them. I want to know why they're acting the way they are and um, how basically they are. Um, they play into the Almighty's playbook for this time that we're living in, which I believe to be the end times. Actually, the end times uh, started the day that Yeshua died and rose, and uh, three days later when he rose from the dead. Uh, that started a new epic or epoch, I should say. And um, that started the last days. And the last days have been going on for roughly 2,000 years. But um, let me take these off while I'm just talking. When I start reading again, I'll put them back on. Um, but, for yeah, for the last 2,000 years, we've been in the last days. But this is the end of the last days. This is the end of days. Um for mankind's dominion upon the earth let's put it that way and um, mankind's dominion upon the earth has has basically ruined the earth and uh, it only seems to be getting worse and worse every day Um, not just ruining the earth but ruining um, the lives of people that yearn to be free so anyway what I've done is I've prepared a Gamachia profile for um Richard M. Dolan, who happens to be a very, uh, nowadays anyway, a very popular ufologist, claims himself to be a historian, a UFO historian, and um, however he doesn't appear to have learned from history, the whole scope of history of mankind, and he's focusing on this just, uh, on just the UFO thing, and um, if you look at the whole history of mankind, you're going to see that the whole UFO phenomena is going to collapse in one big uh, pile of uh, dung, so to speak. And that will be at the return of Yeshua. But um, anyway, so what I've done is i prepared this file. Hopefully I saved it here. So I'm going to get rid of me so I can't see me so I can read this this file. And um, we'll go from there, okay? And uh, see what kind of time we have left afterwards, because it still takes a couple of hours to upload this file afterwards. So um, anyway, let it let us proceed, and I will open up this file, and we will start. I will put these back on. Thus, I could read. So anyway, here we go. What does the Gematria have to say about Richard Michael Dolan by David Ben Yaakov? That's my Hebrew name. Um, I uh, have put this on the Delusion Resistance website. As a matter of fact, I uploaded all of my Gematria studies onto there. So you can go and read about George Soros and Hillary Clinton and um, a lot of other notorious people that are alive today and are involved in um, 
a conspiracy against not only the United States of America, but the people of the world. So Richard Dolan is one of the most noteworthy researchers in the secular UFO community. I think we can all agree with that. His face is all over everything when you're watching TV. Um, I've met Dolan. I met him twice in Roswell, down in New Mexico. Um, He used to go down there yearly on July 4th, and we would uh, get together. And um, At first, I would go down there to listen to the conferences, and then I would start adding to them uh, by contributing to them. Um, But I got a lot out of uh, both the secular and the... uh, a.k.a. or so-called Christian uh, ufologists um, who were the ones that were basically the uh, foundation of the uh, Christian UFO research community. Um, Since then, others have come onto the scene that have borrowed a lot of things. Um, A lot of things were borrowed of Jim Wilhelmson's that uh, the Lord gave to him. But uh, when you consider things, uh, are they stealing from Jim or borrowing from the Lord? Um, You know, I think a lot of people are lazy and they just don't want to do the research themselves, so they borrow. And I put quotation marks around borrow, and you know what that means. So, like I said, I met him twice. Um, I noticed that he carries a strange air about him. Um, and that's and that's being kind, uh, or he did at the time anyway. And now I have a pretty trustworthy gift of discernment that the Lord's given me, and that uh, is what told me that uh, something's not quite right with this individual. But I wasn't quite able to place it. So this Gamatria study really kind of helped me to understand Richard M. Dolan. Okay. Let's see. So anyway, um, around 2008 at Roswell, uh, we put an event together. Actually, Joe Jordan did, and it was held at the uh, Military Academy at the auditorium there. Um, Back in those days, there were usually two speaking events in Roswell, the secular event that was sponsored by the UFO Museum for the most part, and sometimes the city of Roswell. And sometimes MUFON was involved in it, too. And in 2008, MUFON did play an active part in it. And there was another event that allowed speakers from all kinds of venues to speak, secular, Christian. um, One lady was a Muslim uh, UFO researcher. And uh, so we all got to talk. And and her her talk was really neat. She talked about jinns. Um, which is where we get our word genie from, which is, uh, and if you look up what a jinn is, uh, they're basically, Muslim tradition holds that there are evil jinns and there are nice jinns, or nice genies and evil genies, if you want to say it that way. And, um, but they equate them with being demonic. And so they're saying there are nice demons and bad demons. Uh, You know, you talk about the Muslim faith being messed up and the Quran being corrupt. My goodness, there's a big example right there. But um, anyway, she um, equated the the entities that claim to come from other worlds on UFOs as being more akin to being jinns than than visitors from other planets, a.k.a. they're, they're coming from other dimensions in our own universe and around Earth. 
and those are fallen angels and demons that uh, in Christian lore and in Jewish lore also. So anyway, uh, like I said, Joe Jordan sponsored the event. Joseph Jordan, I should say. Um, Richard Dolan was at the event, and I do believe he spoke, and I think his first wife spoke there too. Her name is Karen Dolan. Um, so you got a Christian view, a scientific view, and uh, well, I equate the scientific and secular view as being one and the same, because that's what it was. <laughs> And in most cases, still is. Now, at this event, as we were setting things up for the day, um, we had a guy named Tony that was working with us. He, I think he came from Florida, uh, and he came, flew in with Joe Jordan, and he was setting up and doing all the technical stuff, setting up the mics and the cameras and everything else. And um, He came up to me, and he said, uh, you're not going to believe what I just heard. Now, I'm not really one for rumors, but this guy seemed to be pretty right on. I talked with him for a day or two before the event, and uh, we really hit it off, actually. Excuse me while I get a cup of coffee here or drink a cup. Oh, my goodness. There's nothing like a good cup of coffee and hot coffee, too. There's no such thing as cold coffee. Um, and don't let anybody deceive you to think that there is. Anyway, he said, you're not going to believe what I just heard. And um, so not being one for rumors, but this guy was credible. His name was Tony. Like I said, he told me that he overheard Richard Dolan say, and quote, they're in my head and they just won't leave me alone. End quote. And I remember that. Okay. I remember that word for word. <laughs> okay. This is what he told me he heard. I kind of had an idea who the they were. Um, the AKA aliens, which are AKA fallen angels or, or demonic uh, sources. Um, now that interested me much, but as we were setting up, and after a while the thought kind of left my head, but it to never totally left. And as I said, I still remember it quite vividly. Um, I remember what the day was like and everything and what the setting was like and where, exactly where we, I was standing in the auditorium when he told me. Um, so what beings were in Dolan's head? Well, I explain that. Uh, we know from Scripture that Yahweh comes um, into us if we ask him, right? If we're believers in Yeshua, we ask him to come into our and live inside of us and and he honors that. He, his presence lives inside of us, and the Holy Spirit indwells us. But he never intrudes, and he never lets us, and he always lets us, excuse me, to maintain our free will. Even though he lives inside of us, we still have our free will, which is what a gentleman would do, what a, a nice guy would do. On the other hand, in UFO, uh, UFO lore is uh, rife with alien intrusion into the minds of those who research the phenomena uh, it's more of a slavery and we know from spiritual law that demonic entities are sometimes allowed in person allowed in by the person when they're looking into things and events that are controlled by demonic and fallen entities in other words if you're into UFOs then you're probably asking for it um, 
I see these beings that call themselves aliens as fallen beings, either angelic or demonic, which is what they are. Um, after hearing that news, I watched Dolan, but I never saw an outward sign that he was responding to any internal stimuli, but I did notice one thing. He didn't like being around Christians, and that spoke for itself. Um, an interesting thing happened when we had our... Um, table set up Jim Wilhelmson and I one year down there there was a Satanist that was it was obvious he was a Satanist he had it on his shirt I'm a Satanist (laughs) Um, and every time he would walk by our table he'd walk by with his head down he could not look at us and if you understand spirituality you know why Um, he dwells in darkness we dwell in the light and the darkness can't stand the light can't comprehend the light is what scripture says um and I'd say hi to him every time he passed, but never got an answer. And one day I decided to go stand out in the aisle when I saw him coming. And so he purposely had to stop when I was standing there. And I said, I said, good morning. And he, he kind of mumbled good morning and never looked at me, but just walked away. He walked around me and walked away. Um, so anyway, so I was looking for some biographical information about Karen Dolan. And I discovered something that she wrote in her own words, and it's on the page, um, and I'll quote the source, because when it comes to things like this, I like to quote sources because people like this have a tendency to want to say that you um, you misquoted or you misunderstood or anything else. Anyway, she says, also, when I was about eight, I discovered a book on Wicca. Which is witchcraft, if you didn't know that. The thing about Wicca is that no one ever converts to it. People say they finally learn the name for what they've always believed. That's how I felt. Even though I was brought up in the Roman Catholic Church, I've always felt more Wiccan, and that is a religion that embraces all others as a valid, as valid paths to the light. Uh, let me insert that that's a bunch of bovine scatology. Um, they, basically, the other, all other religions they do, I, I keep forgetting that Christianity is a relationship. It's not a religion. So that's why they don't like Christians. Anyway, to continue on with her quote, some of the main tenets of Wicca are to harm none, to respect all life, and to take responsibility for your own actions. Um, it also teaches that everyone has potential psychic ability, which appeals to my belief that there's more to life than what appears in the newspapers. And the source from that was, um, it's the HTTP colon forward slash forward slash, um, I don't know how to pronounce this, uh, B-I-N-N-A-L-L of America dot com forward slash rr the number 11.6.9.html if you go there you'll be able to read that you can read more about her too there um, but other stuff didn't fit into the criteria that we're talking about tonight now pieces are starting to fit into this uh, into this other into other puzzle pieces where things are concerned now when it comes to Richard Dolan so we have a secular man or who claims that he's looking for a scientific reason or maybe now a historic 
uh, reason for UFOs and aliens. He's married to a Wiccan. Wiccans are quite are quite spiritual people. Uh, they worship nature and the forces of nature, trying to control them at the same time uh, to to do good to those that they like and cast spells and incantations against those that they dislike. They'll deny that vehemently, saying that they're for nothing but good for everybody, but again, we have more bovine scatology. Um, Yes, they pretend to get along, uh, white, black, and red witches, but in reality, they're all opposed to each other in a very deep manner. Okay? They won't confess it, but they're all fighting each other. And they're all, even if they're just, um, let's just say all white witches, let's say all black witches, um, which are supposed to be the evil witches, are um, always trying to climb their corporate ladder, so to speak, and they don't mind who they step on climbing that ladder. Let's just say spiritual ladder instead of corporate ladder. Um, So anyway... They claim to just worship nature, but in reality, they worship Baphomet. Uh, They sacrifice. Um, They hold rituals during full moons, or Yahweh tells Israel to hold rituals during new moons. Okay? So they're contrary to Scripture. Now, you can find places online where people castigate Karen. Her name is spelled K-A-R-Y-N. Okay? So I guess you could say that maybe she's not the typical Karen out there that everybody's using that name for for women that um, tend to be contrary to um, to niceness. But um, I only met her once, only said hi to her, nice to meet you, and that was it. And she seemed like a pleasant human being to me. Um, anyway, there's places where people are castigate her saying that she's trying to steal fame away from Richard or, or that she rose to her heights on Richard's coattails was one phrase that I read uh, or there are other sites where Richard they say Richard's evil and that he uh, really did Karen wrong okay at around 2018 Richard Dolan married his second wife a woman named Tracy Garbutt G-A-R-B-U-T-T I personally never heard of this woman, but I guess she's pretty famous. Information's easy about to find about her. Uh, she bills herself as a remote viewer. She seems to take pride in contacting non-human intelligences. She claims that when she um, when she sees things through remote viewing, she's seeing through the eyes of the person that is um, witnessing the event. However. Uh, that person may be demonically possessed, so she's actually witnessing these things through demonic means, and and most of the time people that remote view are um, using that avenue, not necessarily the person that's uh, witnessing the event. Okay, and uh, when I look up about her, it says... uh, Tracy Garbutt is a professionally trained remote viewer whose work has been evaluated by several leading figures in the field, including Paul Elder and Skip Atwater. Many of her remote views have been regarded as exceptional, including a striking example of accurately perceived 
perceiving the location 2,600 miles away through the eyes and sense organs of another person. Tracy has also had a number of direct contact experience with apparent non-human intelligences. There it is. Um, all of which she has carefully recorded and one which occurred while present with another witness. Okay. Remember that. Apparently non-human intelligences. So we're talking probably insectoids, greys, reptilians, and uh, maybe some Nordics. Who knows? And a partridge in a pear tree. <laughs> it almost sounds like three insects. Three insectoids, two greys, three reptilians, and a partridge in a pear tree. It's probably her Christmas song. Um, she views her contact experience and her work on remote viewing as an outgrowth and an extension of her lifelong spiritual and philosophical endeavors. These include extensive explorative or explorative uh, training at the renowned Monroe Institute in Virginia as well as the Ramthus School of Enlightenment. And again, she married Richard Dolan circa 2018. What I find interesting is that Richard Nolan, Richard Dolan, excuse me, now bills himself as a UFO historian. I'm away, trust me. Um, this changes things. When he spoke in former days, it was almost always from a scientific point of view. However, now he's a historian. He appeared on several documentaries where he uses the title historian. Uh, so when I remember hearing that Richard told another person that there were beings in his head that they weren't leaving him alone, well, maybe it's because he tends to be attracted to women and possibly other things that scripture forbids, of which uh, scripture says involvement in will lead to communion and servitude to the God of this world. And we're not talking Jesus or Elion or Yahweh. We're talking the God of this world, Jesus, or Yeshua, clearly, clearly um, equated as Lucifer or Satan. Now you have a little history of Richard Dolan. Let's take a look at the words and phrases that Gamatria values and what Gamatria values that uh, match his name, shall we? Okay. The first one that comes up is Amunet. It's defined as an Egyptian god whose name means a female who is hidden and her powers are connected to the words silence, stillness, mystery, and obscurity. According to the myths, Amunet was the daughter of Horus and Hathor. According, oh, excuse me, uh, she was also sometimes merged with Hathor, Isis, and Neith, Mut, and Nut. As the goddess of the air, hmm, isn't that interesting? Because Satan is the prince and power of the air. Uh, let me continue. I'm sorry. Um, as the goddess of the air, she is depicted as a winged goddess or a woman with an ostrich feather or a hawk on her head. And that source was Egyptian-God.org. You can go there and find out a whole bunch of interesting things about the Egyptian religion. Um, if you watch documentaries... Um, by Dolan, he seems obsessed with Egypt, Egypt pyramids and secrets powers of the Egyptians possessed. Um, and that's no lie. Some of his books even have pyramids on them. <laughs> so, 
Anyway, another sip of coffee, please. This is what keeps me going for these shows, folks, when I do them late at night. Okay, the next word that comes up, surprise, is the word occult. Well, this seems to be the road that Richard Dolan is running briskly toward or down. It wouldn't surprise me if someday soon he built himself as the authority of occult UFO history. You watch, it'll happen. (laughs) The next word that comes up or phrase is English alphabet. Without a doubt, after publishing a plethora of books, it's obvious that Dolan has a command of the English alphabet. That's admirable. Okay, that's not a bad thing. I admire that. He's not a dummy. Okay? He's a very smart man. He just is on the wrong side. I have to say that um, at the time of this writing, I have to say that his writing is above par. He has an unusual, almost otherworldly way of connecting words with ideas. Uh, the next word that comes up is Raquel, R-A-Q-U-E-L, and I searched and searched and searched, and there really is no relevant match to Richard M. Dolan. Okay, um, that might have been the name of a woman was like great great grandmother or whatever. I don't know, but uh, I couldn't find anything. By the way, his history is kind of odd. You can't find much about him. Okay, the next phrase that comes up is best friend me. Um, it reminded me of John Candy in um, Spaceballs, where he says he's a man and a dog. He's his own best friend. <laughs> okay. So I kind of started laughing when I saw that. Um, like I said, I was I was sort of amused when I saw this numeric equivalent. Bear in mind, I've only met Richard twice, as I said, and I've exchanged maybe 250 words or so with him. With that in mind, via words, I cannot tell much about his personality, right? Let's be honest. However, body language speaks many times when verbal language is absent or not heard. Based on sight observations, Richard does think highly of himself. Also, in hearing Richard speak in person, there's an air in his speech that appears to manifest the sarcasm of his face. He gets kind of, um, well, his facial movements, uh, you can tell he thinks highly of himself and lowly of others that disagree with him or he disagrees with. He he tends to get a look on his face like um, kind of like a uh, physicist would get if he was trying to teach five-year-olds physics, okay? I'm higher than you, you're lower than me, you're going to listen to me, and you're going to believe what I have to say. Um, that's what I got anyway. When I And even now when I watch him on TV, he, he gets that smirk where he kind of knows everything. And um, I don't know. It's hard to tell. But watch him the next time he's on. And there's nothing wrong with having pride in what yourself, in yourself and what you do. But when you start to think that you're um, higher than everybody else and, you know, you're um, smarter than everybody else, um, that's when you pray that God will knock a person back a notch or two so that they can realize, kind of like Nebuchadnezzar did in the biblical account, that uh, God is God and we're just uh, people. Now, the next words that came up were high priest. 
Now, one has to understand that the secular UFO research community is actually like a church, or perhaps comparing it to the Roman Catholic religion is a better analogy. Um, There is a hierarchy in this whole organization. Uh, The upper office is the Pope in, in the Catholic Church. Then there are higher cardinals. There are lower cardinals, then bishops, then priests, and at last there are lay people. And it's the same way in the um, in the UFO research community. Uh, people vie for the Pope position often. Um, the person who appears on TV more, sells more books, puts out more videos and such is usually considered the Pope. The higher cardinals are those who master specific areas like exopolitics, abduction, investigations, metaphysical investigations, and other such things. The lower cardinals work below these people and for them. Uh, The bishops oversee the priests. The priests disseminate information to the lay people. Then the lay people in turn turn over evidence to the priests who give them to the bishops who feed them up the food chain to the higher Cardinals and Pope can get this information and then use it for their own glory, so to speak. Now, he can write books, produce videos and documentaries, and stand up on stage telling all of the UFO religion uh, what's right and what's wrong. It's nothing but secular pseudoscience and metaphysical religion wrapped up in a religion called UFO research. Richard Dolan, by far, is the Pope, right now anyway, um, of this religion. But the high cardinals are constantly trying to unseat him, all the while paying him homage. And if you've ever studied the Roman Catholic hierarchy, it's basically what they do. They feed the Pope um, constant, uh, uh, what am I trying to say? Kind of like a a feigned respect, uh, but with a flair of um, bovine scatology. I like using that word tonight. Um, To to stroke his ego until he's old enough to die or or he can be replaced. Okay, the next uh, words that come up is the word, actually he's a, a biblical character that lived before the flood. His name was Tubal Cain. Tubal-Cain is a person mentioned in the Bible in Genesis 4.22, known for being the first blacksmith. He is stated as the forger of all instruments of bronze and iron. Remember now, we're told that the Bronze Age didn't happen until um, roughly the the time that the uh, Philistines had uh, dominion over Israel. Um and even maybe a little bit before that, but it, things were different before the the flood. In modern terms, uh, Tubal Cain was a man who was into the higher technology of his time. The book of First Enoch tells us that fallen angels came to earth and taught men these technologies. Richard Dolan has produced many articles and books and videos illustrating how some of the technologies that we possess are product of backward engineering from crashed alien vehicles. In essence, just like Enoch is a historic book that tells us about 
uh, man obtaining technology from fallen angels. Dolan is repeating this history told by Enoch, but is replacing the fallen angels with aliens. Uh, Michael, being a student of history, should see that he is repeating history um, as is mankind, but I think his ego and his, um, his learnedness would keep him from doing that. Um, he's a historian where UFOs is concerned, but I don't think his history goes back far enough to be able to make to see the parallels. Now the second, the next word that comes up is parents. Now the strange thing is that for a man with such notoriety, very little is found about Richard's life, his uh, parents, his siblings, and such. It's almost as if he just appeared on Earth in 1962. Maybe he's the product of hybridization by aliens. Um, and then I put just kidding after that, but maybe not. Um, usually when somebody is uh, has notoriety like he does, um, I, I challenge you, go to uh, Wikipedia. You can go to Wikipedia and look up anybody. It'll have their uh, brief history of their young life, uh, when they were born, who their parents were, and everything else. The one on Richard Dolan is very, very short and just talks about his birth date what he does, the things he's produced, and there's nothing about anything about family, not even about his wives. <laughs> so, anyway, is there a reason for that? Well, that's, I'll leave that ball in your court. How's that sound? Okay, the next word that comes up is open sesame. Uh, many of us my age remember Bugs Bunny, um, he would always, instead of saying open sesame, he'd say open says me. <laughs> and, uh, and the cave would open up and he'd go in and find the treasure. And um, all kidding aside, this, this must have been something, have something to do with Dolan's quest to find the truth about UFOs and to unlock the mystery that will gain him untold notoriety. <coughs> For some people, writing a plethora of books and making videos and and everything else isn't enough. They they want more. And I got a feeling that Michael Dolan's the same or Richard Dolan's the same way. Um, as to open sesame, the phrase first appears in Antoine Galland's Les Mille et uh, Un um, published in seventeen oh four through seventeen seventeen as um, Sesame Toy. English, uh, Sesame, Open Yourself. Um, in the story, Alibaba overhears one of the 40 thieves saying, Open Sesame. His brother later cannot remember the phrase and confuses it with the name of grains other than sesame becoming trapped in the magic cave. Um, in metaphorical terms, we could see that Dolan's trying to unlock the secret that's hidden in the cave. The truth about UFOs, it's almost as if Dolan is playing a slot machine trying to hit the right numbers or to come up with the right phrase that will allow unseen forces to help him gain secret information that will change the world. Um, and I think he's doing it also by marrying a Wiccan and then a um, necromancer. But um, I can say without a doubt that the voices in his head that won't leave him alone are, the, are only confusing him. And they probably won't let him see clearly. 
Um, Yeshua described this as having eyes but not seeing and having ears but not hearing. The next phrase that comes up is the words, Lucifer hell. If somehow Dolan could open his eyes and ears, he would see and hear that UFOs and aliens are just the same ruse that fallen angels and demons have been playing against mankind since the beginning. Lucifer goes by many names. He's the light bearer, the prince of the power of the air, and other things. He may, might not be able to see the serp- see that the serpent in Genesis, talking about Dolan, uh, was Lucifer, also called the Nechash, um, which means the bright, upright, standing creature. Um, it's equated with the color bronze, uh, shining bronze, like bronze when you pull it out of the fire. Um, he could surmise that all the aliens want mankind to become like beings, to change their auras. Uh, an aura is a light around a person that only certain people can see. And that the Bible tells us uh, to be aware because Satan can come as an angel of light to deceive many. He'd also understand that hell or torments is the abode of Lucifer or Satan and his minions. Lucifer's aim is to get people to join him in that abode so he'll have a company when he gets when torments gets tossed into the lake of fire. You've got to understand that Lucifer or Satan would rather see all men and women and children killed. We are the image of God. We were made in the image of the Almighty. And every time that he sees one of us, whether we're Christians, Messianics, or Satan worshipers, he hates each and every one of us. <laughs> and Because we remind him that his time is short, that he's in rebellion against God, and that his penalty is probably more than he'll be able to bear, considering it'll be for eternity. Okay, the next phrase that comes in is aliens in the media. Boy, I, see how this stuff is just meant for Richard, <laughs> Richard M. Dolan. Uh, Richard Dolan has been a champion of alien disclosure. He's even written books about it. And any time that there's a mention of aliens or UFOs, he's in the press or around to make some sort of comment. The next word is incension. Now, this word, I was look, trying to look it up, and it was basically telling me it wasn't a word until I looked up in certain sources. Excuse me, please. There, that's gone. We don't have to worry about that anymore. Um, and it's spelled I-N-S-C-E-N-S-I-O-N. Now, this word is defined as the act of kindling a fire or setting something on fire. Richard has spent much of his life trying to ignite interest in the general public about aliens, abductions, and not his pet project. And now his pet project is alien disclosure and what the world would be like after that disclosure. Okay, and I'm sure his little wifey has uh, looked through somebody's eyes to see what that would be like. Um, okay, so we talked about how the UFO community is like the Roman Catholic hierarchy, but the next word that comes up is Aaronites. Okay, first we need to define who Aaronites are. 
Aaronites. According to the Mosaic Law, the priesthood in Israel was limited to the sons of Aaron. Aaron had four sons, of whom two were cut off for sacrilege. And if I remember correctly, my biblical history, those two were the ones that had a lot to do with uh, the golden calf in the... um, in, a, in the wilderness and led a lot of Israel astray while Moses was up trying to get the commandments of Yahweh <laughs> only to come down and find that they were worshipping a golden calf um, all the legitimate priests were descendants of his two younger sons Eleazar and Ithamar David divided the priests into two courses and that could be found in First Chronicles 24 1-6 16 men in the line of Eleazar and Aden Ithamar. Among the exiles who returned to Jerusalem with Zerubbabel, there were 4,089 priests, or about one-tenth of the total. They belonged to four of the 24 courses. At that time, the claim of uh, certain men of two priests of the rank was rejected, and that could be found in Ezra 2, uh, verse 61. Uh, because of inadequate evidence, which uh, shows that the records were carefully kept. None, no one of the sons of Aaron who had a deformity or a blemish could perform the duties of the priest. Okay, and I'm assuming that's talking about the high priest, who's the only one that could go into the Holy of Holies. And the source for that is uh, BibleGateway.com forward slash resources forward slash encyclopedia of the Bible forward slash Aaronites. Um, early I talked about the secular field um, being a much akin to the religion of the Roman Catholic or Roman Catholicism, where a rank of the Ecclesia is concerned. Aaronite fits well in defining Richard Dolan. In the Levitical order of the priests, things were a bit different. The high priest only held the office for a short time and was elected high priest by the other priest, many times by casting lots um, or by family order, who technically were all of the same order. They were all sons of Aaron. These men were descent, or I should say Eleazar and Nithamar, because there were other sons of sons of Aaron who became Levi, um, Levites. Uh, I go right into saying that these were the descendants of two of the four of Aaron who were members of the tribe of Levi Um, Aaron originally had four sons but two were killed because they led the people astray in the wilderness we talked about that Richard Dolan seems to have the position of high priest at this moment Richard has evolved from a regular high priest in a sense because earlier in his career he wanted to uh, seek out the truth about UFOs now that he's advocating for a revelation of the aliens into our society, much like the high priest would encounter Yahweh um, for the people in the Holy of Holies, he has been elected a spokesman for the UFO community, in a sense an advocate between the cosmic gods and mankind. The Levites, like the rest of Israel, were forbidden to intermarry with the prior inhabitants of the land, in like manner, the alienites, <laughs> which I'm calling uh, the UFO community, um, I mean, if they're going to be like Aaron, let's call them alienites instead of Aaronites, because I don't want to be an affront to the Aaronites um, or the Levites. Um, the Ari- Ari- alienites, excuse me, stick to their kind, 
which is anyone that is into either the research of UFOs or who has practiced in the paranormal. Dolan is two for two in that regard, first marrying a Wiccan, after which he married someone who talks to familiar spirits and sees through demonic eyes. Both of these practices are prohibited by Yahweh, who lays it out in Leviticus. The next word that comes up is hidden master. In the biblical book of Ephesians, we're told in chapter 6 about the forces that oppose us. The Apostle Paul is telling us that while we deal with flesh and blood beings on earth, their hidden masters are fallen entities um, from the lead cherub, lead fallen cherub, Satan or Lucifer, to the lowest of the demonic entities. These enemies are not very inventive except in their ability to take what Yahweh has already done or what they've read he will do and turn it around for evil. Dolan and his fellow Stephen M. Greer presented the supposed aliens as saviors of mankind who will make everything right with the world. Okay, That's just one example of the counterfeit deception. Dolan, however, takes it one step farther. For millennia, the acronym AD stood for the period of birth, um, the period of birth of Yeshua, meaning the year of our Lord. So every year after his birth was called a year and then AD. And it stood for Anno Domine, um, or year of our Lord. Admittedly, the change came around 30 years ago when AD was changed to CED, meaning current era or common era. However, turning A.D. from the year of our Lord to after disclosure is especially offensive, seeing that it denotes the end of any sort of mention of the coming of the real Messiah and replaces it with a series of races that are coming to do what the returning Yeshua HaMashiach, or Jesus Christ, will do in reality someday, and hopefully soon. The next phrase that comes up is, CIA mission failed. The mission of Dolan and others is, is, or others like him is to promote the arrival of what they call aliens, which they assert will save mankind from himself. Many people like Dolan assert that the governments of this world have known about the presence of aliens for decades, and quite rightfully, they probably have. They assert that they have gained knowledge from these supposed aliens while keeping them behind a veil of secrecy, which again is true. Um, some even assert that President Eisenhower signed a pact where he, he, we would get their technology and in exchange that they would be able to abduct a fixed number of humans yearly from the United States. If that happened, I think um, Eisenhower was either threatened to do it or, or he didn't do it willingly. Let's put it that way. They allege that other governments have done likewise. Finally, they assert that the CIA and other intelligence agencies oversaw this covert policy, but uh, that the supposed aliens have decided to override their promise and to manifest themselves to mankind, proclaiming themselves to be our benefactors. The covert mission of the CIA has failed, according to people like Dolan, and, and that new reality of a panacea on Earth is about to start or a false reality, I should say. Um, likewise, <laughs> kind of like what Curly from the Three Stooges said in um, Order in the Court, 
Uh, the truth is stranger than fiction, Judgy Wudgy. <laughs> You're supposed to laugh now. Um, anyway, just kidding. Um, that is one of the classic Three Stooges episodes. If you like the Three Stooges, watch it. If not, watch it anyway because it's hilarious. Um, the next word that comes up is omniscient. Um, after uh, talking to Richard Dole in those few short times and watching him live at live events and listening to him ad nausea on television, when we get the idea that he's wholly, wholly tuned into the subject of aliens, UFOs, and final disclosure. When he speaks, he takes on a narcissistic air about him as if to say, I'm going to reveal something to you that I understand and I only can hope that you can wrap your mind around it. Really, that's what it's like when he talks. It's like he's teaching school-age children physics. Um, he is an all-seeing and all-knowing Richard M. Dolan. The problem is that, like when putting together a jigsaw puzzle, he is all-seeing and all-knowing about certain areas of the puzzle, but is ignorant about the entire puzzle. If he could see the whole puzzle, he would see that what he is presenting, when he is presenting the return, what he is presenting is the return of barbarism to earth, which will end with the return of Yeshua HaMashiach, or Jesus Christ, who will have to clean up the mess that people like Dolan have prepared the world for without seeing the whole picture. In many ways, his gospel can be compared to how Martin Luther set up the German people to commit the Holocaust. If you're not familiar with that, um, Martin Luther, yes, he was a reformer. He did nail his, what is it, 95 thesis to the church door in, um, can't remember the city right now. Um, but he was a rabid, um, anti-Semitic. Um, look it up online. Some of the things he said about the Jews basically, um, precipitated the Holocaust. It, it festered in the minds of, uh, Lutheran Germans for many years and, and also Catholic Germans, I guess, too, kind of took on a, the same kind of air. But, um, yeah, you just read about what he had to say, and it's a lot easier to understand why, why um, uh, Protestant Germans, for the most part, just stood by while the Holocaust occurred, uh, knowing about it but not wanting to do anything because uh, Martin Luther said that the Jews should be basically eliminated um, the next word that comes up is lithium. <laughs> okay. Bear in mind, I'm a psych nurse. Okay. So I see this stuff all day long. Um, but I'm not a doctor, so I will not diagnose. All I'm going to say about this numeric value is that when a person suffers from mania and they are awake for, for days and or weeks on end, they start to hallucinate. Some They sometimes hear voices and sometimes see visual hallucinations. Lithium is, is a compound. Actually, it's uh, a, a very common mineral that's found in the earth, and it's used as a treatment for mania. Um, I'll leave it at that, reminding you that uh, at one point, Dolan said that there were beings in his head, and they would not leave him alone. Draw your own conclusions. Okay, let's move on. Lord of the Dance. This this starts to get really good here. Not that the other stuff wasn't interesting, but this 
document evolves, and it's it's really neat how it evolves. Um, and just by the way that the words came up in the commentary, <laughs> I just copied them, you know, went right down the line and copied them and then worked off of that. Um, this is an example, Lord of the Dances, of where looking at Kamatri pays off wonderfully. If you searched uh, using the words mythology, Lord of the Dance, you come up with the following. I'm going to try to pronounce this. Naharaja, Naharaja, probably, since it's Hindu. It's Sanskrit, which means Lord of the Dance. The Hindu god Shiva, is in his form as the uh, cosmic dancer, represented in metal or stone in many Shaivite uh, temples, particularly in South India. In Hindu, le- in Hindu legend, Shiva is the god of destruction. Um, if you remember um, when Robert Oppenheimer detonated the first atomic bomb in the desert in Nevada, he quoted... Uh, the um, Bhagavad I think it is, um, where Shiva is quoted saying, Behold, I have become uh, death and destruction, the destroyer of worlds. Um, so in Hindu legend, Shiva was the god of destruction. They assert that earth goes through cycles of destruction or rebuilding. Shiva destroys after which Vishnu rebuilds. We have already seen that Dolan is trying to introduce alien saviors or the idea of such into our society so that they will be accepted when they arrive. Depending on which channel you read or which abductee you listen to, the aliens have different messages. That should be proof enough that they are frauds. I mean, if they were all united in one cause, they would all have the same message, right? One group says that aliens will take away the faithful uh, while the earth is destroyed and then they will bring the faithful back when it's restored. Another group says that the aliens will come to avert the destruction of the earth by saving mankind from himself and saving the earth from man. (laughs) Pick your poison. In either case, Dolan is closely tied um, numerically to the Lord of the Dance, that is, Shiva. And have a picture of the goddess Shiva outside the CERN building in uh, Geneva, Switzerland. Okay, there's another group that's also trying to open doors and to fo- uh, allow fallen entities to enter our reality. They are a group of scientists at CERN, a, new, a facility near Geneva, Switzerland. Their complex is loaded, located in France and Switzerland. I'm talking about the whole thing, not, not just the offices because the accelerator goes into both countries. Um, Several hundred feet underground, stories abound that they are trying to open portals to alternate dimensions. These stories, whether true or not, range from mundane to truly frightening. What I find interesting is outside the headquarters of CERN is a statue of the god Shiva. It seems that these entities are using every means possible to try to open a gate to the abyss, abyss, after which they will come in and destroy, control the world, destroy it, and remake it for their own purposes. But scripture promises that they will fail. Um, at the bottom of the Shiva statue, there's an inscription written in Sanskrit, but also translated in English. It reads, 
oh, omnipresent. Interesting, the word omnipresence there, right? Didn't we look at that just a few minutes ago? Yep. Okay, oh, omnipresent, the embodiment of all virtues, the creator of this cosmic universe, the king of dancers who dances the Anada Tandava in the twilight. I salute thee. Um, and then it gives on the plaque, it gives the source, verse number 56. I'm going to murder this word. Savan and Dalahari by Sri Adi Sankara. I guess it did pretty good. Presented by the Department of Atomic Energy, Government of India. When I was a young man, which seems like every minute's getting farther and farther away, um, I was thought and I was taught science. I was taught that science and religion were two different things. Now, before my time, and like Sir Isaac Hutton, I mean way before my time, um, use the Bible scripture to prove science, and they use science to prove Bible scripture. It's ironic how scientists could not go for very long before realizing that they did need a God, but not the God of creation, which is El Yon, El Shaddai. You pick the name, the Hebrew name. Uh, they chose the Hindu god of destruction. Doesn't that seem to be a bit prophetic, all things considered? Hmm. Very prophetic. The next word that comes up is unbeatable. It seems by watching Dolan and reading his works that he truly believes that his philosophy is unbeatable. Of course, it will not be verified without the arrival of aliens and spacecraft, but with the faith that many Christians lack, he awaits the arrival of these beings and is truly convinced that they are coming. Um, Paul says faith um, is the belief in things unseen and the evidence of things hoped for. If Christianity had the faith of Richard M. Dolan, there would be a revival that would sweep the world. And, uh, excuse me, if and when the aliens arrive... It will be. It will lead to mass apostasy from Christianity. Go to any church. I, I dare you. <laughs> I challenge you. Go to any church if you're able to get up front and ask questions, and ask the parishioners if they believe that we are alone in the universe. More hands will be raised than not. Satan is getting ready to pluck the tares away from the wheat. And it's because of lukewarm Christians that he's going to get away with it. For, for, uh, for a little while anyway uh, the next phrase that comes up is Trey Regis um, you could say Trey Regis I guess this term is Latin and it means three kings in the UFO disclosure world the three kings that advocate for the disclosure for that disclosure are Richard Dolan Stephen Greer and the British journalist Nick Pope of all people while the first two are outright advocates for disclosure, Pope is an advocate in that he's working. he worked for the British Ministry of Defense in the capacity of UFO investigator. He legitimizes the subject while the others build on Pope's foundation. If one were to ascribe kingship to the supposed aliens, they would be the insectoids, the greys, and the reptilians, the three which are predominantly seen in encounters with humans. 
Finally, if we are talking about three kingdoms, we would probably say the United States, Russia, and China, all of who have great interest in the subject and what they can gain from the intruders should they ever present themselves, should the event present itself. Actually, I do think that they've all been given technology from these uh, aliens or fallen angels, as the case may be. Um, and that they probably figure that if uh, there is a manifestation of these these beings, that they'll get more. Sad to say that it's, it's going to turn around <laughs> and not for anything good for humanity. The next um, phrase that comes up is the children of Ammon. This is an interesting entry. Uh, After Lot was rescued from Sodom by the angels, before the cities of the plain were destroyed by Yahweh, Lot's wife looked back at the destruction, which she was commanded not, not to do, and she turned into a pillar of salt. The daughters of Lot caused Lot to consume a lot of alcohol, which made him drunk. In that state, they forced themselves on him. They thought that, hey, maybe the whole world was destroyed, so my dad's the only one left, so let's get pregnant by him. Kind of freaky, but that's what happened. Uh, In that state, they forced themselves on him, and both became inseminated with his seed. The result was the birth of Ammon and Moab. One daughter had a son. Each had a son. So where does this, what does this have to do with Michael Dolan? Dolan is expecting the arrival of human-looking creatures. I think that he realizes that grays, insectoids, and reptilians would be a bit hard for mankind to digest. I mean, imagine a big praying mantis-looking creature walking down the street. Uh, you'd probably walk to the other side. <laughs> I know I would. Um The purpose of alien abduction over the past several decades has been to create a hybrid of human that's human and alien in nature. David Jacobs has outlined this plan well in his book, Walking Among Us, where he shows us the hybrid. And by the way, here it is. I'm still reading it. It's, It's an excellent book. Okay. Hope you can see that. I'll hold it in front of my face. Okay. If you want to see what... Um, they're up to read it. I don't think they'll succeed, but read it anyway. It's it's fascinating book, kind of redundant in some areas, but um, sometimes you have to hear things several times before you finally get it to click. Um, so the purpose of alien abduction over the past several decades has been to create a hybrid of alien and human. Um, and again, David Jacobs has outlined this plan well in his book, Walking Among Us, where he shows us how the hybrid, or as he calls them, hubrids, um, has, has, have advanced and how the aliens plan on placing these zombies, um, which is basically what they are at first, among real human, humanity in a society to uh, destroy the human race by infiltration. Ammon and Moab examples of what hap- are examples of what happens when people cannot comp- comprehend their situation and they rush into things. Um, the creation of the Ammonites and the Moabites caused many problems for Israel and almost corrupted the Messianic line. The intent of the aliens is to gain is again to contaminate and destroy the human race using many different means including seeding the earth with human-appearing beings that will somehow work themselves into high places uh, in society and will destroy mankind. 
this ties well with the book of Revelation and also with the account of Joel's army in the book of the prophet Joel. So Dolan's setting us up for this. They're not going to be our benefactors, folks. Maybe they'll appear to be that way for a little while, but uh uh-uh. And um, Chuck Missler summed it up best in his uh, work, um, The Return of the Nephilim. These creatures are Nephilim because they're half-bred humans and half-bred fallen angels, or they're manipulated, or they're human human DNA that's manipulated to be um, alien in nature. And that's even worse because they look like us. They're not giants like they were before the flood and after the flood in, in the land of Canaan. The next word is magician de- deception. Okay, this this is a, kind of a long one, but we'll get through it. Uh, we need to look at the definition of these words to see if they fit Dolan. First, um, we know deception to be a, an action of deceiving, right? Deception is trickery, fooling and lying to gain something. Magician, on the other hand, is more involved definition. Today, when we think of a magician, we think of some man or woman that's hired uh, for a kid's party who pulls rabbits out of hats, can make someone appear to disappear, or someone that can do neat card tricks. This title has been uh, bastardized over the years, so we have to go back to earlier sources to define the word. We have to delve into the original word and the words that describe it. Um, I like to use Webster's 1828 Dictionary because it uses the old definitions that haven't been bastardized. Um, And it defines magician as, uh, as a noun, one skilled in magic, one that practices the black art, practices the black art, an enchanter, a necromancer, a sorcerer, or sorceress. Well, that's wonderful, but how are we left? Now we're left with defining the rest of the definitions, right? So, what's an enchanter? Again, it's a noun. One who enchants, a sorcerer or magician, one who has spirits or demons at his command, one who practices enchantment or pretends to perform surprising things by the agency of demons. Okay, so work with me on this one. Uh, we know. That in place, we know that in in place of Dolan having spirits that he commands, at least with the information that we can glean, he is commanded by spirits. Remember, they're in his head and they won't leave him alone. I'm going to keep referring to that. Webster's 1828 further defines the word by defining enchantment. So, what does an enchanter do? Um, enchantment means irresistible influence, overpowering influence of delight. Okay, and using a sentence because um, the 1828 version of Webster's always uses sentences as examples. That's why it's such a good work. And the sentence it chose to use totally fits Dolan. The warmth of fancy which holds the heart of the reader until under the strongest enchantment. Okay, or the strongest delusion, or the strongest dream, or reality of a dream, or whatever. Uh, what better news 
for a world filled with strife, war, hatred, racism, and of course now COVID-19, than to fill the mind of the reader with notions of of beings that are coming to earth to bring peace, joy, harmony, and to bring us all together. Ships full of messianic figures coming to earth at to right all things wrong and to fulfill the promises of the real God. Yahweh has not yet come to fulfill and this uh, to fulfill the promises of the real God. Yahweh has not yet come to fulfill. Sorry, there was a comma there that I didn't see. Um, in this McDonald's fast food drive through world, people want salvation and they want it now. For this following word, we will look at the word um, necromancer. But to know what a necromancer is, we need to know what necromancy is. So follow me with this, if you will. Um, a necromancer, which is a noun, one who pretends to foretell future events by holding converse with departed spirits, a conjurer. Now that we know what a necromancer is, let's see what necromancy is. Okay. Necromancy is the practice of magic involving communication with the dead or familiar spirits, it should say, either by summoning their spirits, there it goes, as apparitions, visions, or raising them bodily for the purpose of divination imparted, imparting the means to foretell future events, discover hidden knowledge, to bring someone back from the dead, or to use the dead as a weapon, sometimes referred to as death magic. This term may also sometimes be used in a more general sense to refer to black magic or witchcraft. Hello, Karen. Um, the word necromancy is adapted from the late Latin necromantia, itself borrowed from post-Greek, uh, classical Greek, and I don't read Greek, but it's uh, necromantia, a compound of the ancient Greek uh, necros, or dead body, and mantea, divination by means of. Uh, this compound form was first used by Origen of Alexandria in the 3rd century AD. The classical Greek term was uh, nekia from the episode of the Odyssey in which Odysseus visits the realm of the dead souls and in Hellenistic Greek uh, rendered as necromantia in Latin as necromancy in the 17th century English. First, let me state it's not my belief that Dolan is involved in necromancy. However, his first wife Karen proclaims proudly to be a Wiccan Wiccans say that they can use the forces of nature to manipulate people and things, um, but those who know Wicca know that it involves much more. The Bible talks about the witch of Endor, who used necromancy for King Saul to raise Solomon from Sheol to consult him about the future. Instead of getting a a good prognosis, uh, Solomon cursed Saul. Saul soon died in battle along with his sons, so you can see the Wiccan use, Wiccans use more magic than they let on to. Dolan's second wife claims to be a remote viewer and an astral traveler. This sort of person uses this conveyance to consult with the dead as well as astral beings, the same creatures that Dolan calls aliens, 
and spiritual believers in Yeshua known to be fallen angels and demons. So if Dolan, who claims that there are beings that interfere with his thought patterns, is connected in marriage to a necromancer, demonic entities may well be in both, both uh, one or both wives at different times, of course. Uh, they can play off of or in unison with the entities in Dolan's mind and make it quite quite a team of deception. The, uh, the enemy is skilled at making its subjects believe that they are in control while the whole time the enemy plays the puppeteer unbeknownst to those who are being played. The next source, or the next last word, excuse me, is sorcerer. Let's see how this might fit into Dolan's equation. A conjurer, an enchanter. Okay, there's the enchant word again, a magician. The Egyptian sorcerers contended with Moses. That was the sentence that Webster used. The definition mentions that a sorcerer is a conjurer. To conjure means to call up. But what if the demonic entities are already called up? As an advisor to people that have been demonically harassed, I know that the, there are things that can call up demons into our lives without us ever knowing about it. One modern example is the practice of reading books like Harry Potter or watching their movie, that movies, or Harry Potter movies. Uh, I can't count anymore the amount of Christians that I've been told read the books or let them chil- their children read the books or watch the movies. Um, <laughs> frankly, that's child abuse um, from a godly perspective. Uh, real Wiccan incantations are read in, out in those books and movies. Parents will almost always scoff at the idea and say that it's just a movie and it can't do any harm. You know? I've, I've heard that so much about movies. I, I've talked to people such as my mother, as a matter of fact, about Hollywood, why I don't like Hollywood and I don't support it. I don't go see movies. Because every dime I spend gets put in the pocket of an actor or a producer who's into some weird stuff and uh, I don't want to support that sorry but I, I won't do it um, so the movies can't do any harm no such things are portals that allow malevolent entities into the lives of people of all ages and they follow those entities and they allow those entities to inhabit your physical home as well as your bodily home And what's really weird and should frighten you if you care is that uh, God says in Exodus when when he uh, is talking to Moses and dictating to him the Ten Commandments, part of that dictation is where he's introducing himself as God and that no other being should be worshipped. He says that he visits the sins of those who hate him to the third and fourth generation. Um, So what you do, you might think you're not doing anything bad, but um, if you don't repent, that sin's going to follow your progeny, and meaning your kids, and it's going to follow your grandkids and probably your great-grandkids. And um, so if, if you raise children and you've got sin in your life, some serious sin, and they get involved in it, uh, you have nobody to blame but yourself, really, because you've probably brought that into their lives unless you've repented. Um, that's why we need to pray over our children all the time.
So that being said, one of the portals that we found exists around people who are being abducted by aliens uh, was that they had a keen interest in the phenomena. Also, they, uh, they too admitted that uh, they believe that we are not alone in the universe. In Dolan's case, he is not a conjurer in the sense that he calls up demons on purpose, but his words and actions bring them into his life and to his person and into some aspects into those who listen to him and believe what he says. Um, add to that the fact that he became one flesh with a Wiccan and after divorcing her, he became one flesh with an actual conjurer adds to the fact that he's not a purposeful conjurer, but his actions and the actions of his spouses invite these malevolent forces in. You cannot ask for a better breeding ground for demonic possession and for the plethora of ideas that he conveys in his books, videos, and other forms of media. Okay, the next phrase that comes up, and we're getting down there, folks, so bear with me, okay, is the phrase, the intelligence. I believe that the intelligence had to do with the information that's being retrieved with where where information is being retrieved from, excuse me. Dolan might retrieve intelligence from Nick Pope, who, who we mentioned above as one of the three kings. It may be possible that Dolan has a source inside the CAA or NSA or DIA or any other alphabet agency. But these intelligence agencies are great at giving out false information and they can make it look more authentic than real information looks. Um, if he's receiving intelligence, it's most probably from the sources cited above. He might also, he might be a good historian using humanity's past pros and cons to show what society will be like after disclosure. However, I find it more plausible that his second wife, the astral traveler who talks to the aliens, conveys their messages to Dolan. Remember, these entities are fallen angelic, and when it comes to deception, they are masters. They've studied mankind since Yahweh first breathed breath into the being that he formed out of the dust, that being Adam. He formed out of the dust of the earth. They know mankind's every frailty as well as every want and desire. They know how humans will act in just about every situation. So in a great sense, the information that he's receiving intelligence, so to speak, is just for the reworking of things that have happened before. You ever hear the phrase, there's nothing new under the sun? Um, if Dolan were a good historian, he would be able to see this. However, many historians have, have a bias in one thing or another, and many times it clouds their thinking and leads them towards what they desire, not what actually can happen. And I think this is the last one, Bleeding Hearts. Dolan's work, are, Dolan works for people who want to know the truth that they hope to know. Bleeding Hearts would love to have aliens arrive and to make us all happy without much effort on the aliens' part or our part. Uh, most of the ills of this world are brought about by the malevolent forces that are coming here to save us from the things that they've done to mankind and the guys or in the guise of doing so. You ever run into somebody that's made your life hell and then all of a sudden it's not hell anymore and they're your friend? 
Well, it's because they quit making your life hell. <laughs> and um, a lot of people are, well, some people out there are sadomasochists that like to watch people suffer. Um, and after they've seen them suffer enough, they're nice to them. And the pain that they, infl- they are inflicting ends and the pain sort of ends. The memory of it still is there, but the pain is gone. And um, it'd be no different than uh, going to a doctor and uh, being treated for something and the doctor giving you the wrong medicine for a year or so and then realizing you made a mistake and he stops giving you that medicine and starts giving you the right medicine and you feel wonderful. Um, that would have been a mistake, but there are people that do this, these kind of things on purpose. They're usually known as sociopaths and psychopaths. And I guess narcissists can do the same thing. But um, uh, the book, uh, the Bible calls them reprobate people. And um, reprobate people are usually born bad and um, cannot be fixed, let's so to speak. Um now, a few years ago, I received a late-night call from a woman who read my book on Holy Communion. And in the book, I stated that the name of Jesus, if used during an abduction, will oftentimes end the abduction or the night terror, if that's the case, because the, it's usually a demonic entity or fallen angels, which are, you know, or the aliens are, and um, they can't stand that name, and it's used to rebuke them. Um it worked every time for me and everybody that I've ever suggested it to. And if you come to faith in Yeshua or Jesus, um, then you have permanent protection. But um, anyway, this lady was adamant that our claim that crying out the name of Jesus or Yeshua during an abduction would end the, well, would end the event. Um, she was adamant that it didn't work, actually. She told me several times that I was wrong before I was able to ask her why she stated our, that our remedy didn't work. She stated that she cried out the name of Jesus several times during the abduction attempts or night terrors. I can't remember which one it was anymore. And that it never stopped the events. I do believe it was alien abduction, though. Now that I think about it, as she went on, I heard a small voice in my head because I was praying as Lord help me with this because this is contrary to everything that's worked for people so far and I need to know why you're not helping her or um, if she's doing something wrong well you know, as I she went on I heard that small voice in my head tell me to ask her who she thought Jesus was she replied that Jesus was Sonata Jesus one of the greatest great, great sages that the universe had sent to the earth to teach mankind how to live and love, you know, just like Buddha and Muhammad and everything else. They all equate that as being one being that had several different roles, so to speak. It hit me that she was crying out to another Jesus, not the savior of mankind, the real Jesus. I told her that the only Jesus that worked is the Jesus of the Bible, not some cosmic, some cosmic Jesus upon, um, upon which time... I told her that uh, what she was doing was akin to a Jew running into the Gestapo headquarters during the Holocaust asking him to save her from Hitler. I thought that was a really good analogy. Um, I still think so. I quickly explained the gospel of Jesus because I knew she was going to hang up. I just knew it. 
And so I explained the gospel uh, very quickly, in, in lightning speed. Uh, the full gospel, too. It was weird how it all came out. It was almost like God put an end to time for a few seconds or a few minutes. Um, and finally she hung up. She was angry and she hung up. Uh, no difference between this story and what bleeding and what hearts want to hear and will receive. The Jesus, the Jesus or Yeshua of the Bible said that life on earth would be tough, that persecution and hatred would continue, and that the world would be a crappy place until he returns to make things right. The Jesus that the woman wanted to, wanted, and the beings that Dolan and his followers are desiring to see will wreak havoc on the earth and mankind. Believe me, they will. Uh, Yeshua said that uh, he would have to shorten time, as a matter of fact, the time of his return, because if, it, if he doesn't, there's a possibility that no flesh would survive on earth. Life on earth is life, like life in prison, I'm supposing. It's, it's supposed to make you yearn for heaven and or the blessed return of the creator of all things, not for a better prison, <laughs> you know? And that's why um, the recidivism rate in psychiatric hospitals and prisons is so bad because they make it such a comfortable place for people to live that uh, people like it more than living on the outside world and they want to go back. I mean, you know, truthfully, if, if you think about it, if you could live in relative safety, which a lot of prisoners do, um, or, or psych patients too nowadays from what I've seen working in the field um, and you know you got three square meals a day a roof over your head a pretty decent bed to sleep in um, you know it's not like sleeping under a bridge in the cold uh, like many homeless people do but um, if you had that for a number of years and then all of a sudden they say, okay, we're going to kick you out of here. We're going to give you three or $400. Adios. See you later. Um, you know, it, it doesn't work very well. And, and so they end up committing crimes or if in the case of mental health, they end up violating the agreements of their discharge and they come right back to the hospital. Um, so anyway, Let's, let's summarize things here. Um, Richard Dolan is a fantastic writer as well as a great orator and a teacher, but so is Adolf Hitler. Now, I'm not equating Dolan with Hitler, but I'm stating that just because a person is good at something doesn't mean that they're right or that their intentions are right. Dolan has hit some, some uh, nail square on the head. I do believe that uh, there will be not just a disclosure but a physical visitation and intervention by so-called alien beings uh, they will be the uh, fallen angels that have deceived mankind since the beginning of time just wrapped in technology paper uh, technology wrapping paper to appeal to this generation uh, they will deliver their answer to all the ills of, of the world's ills uh, through an alien-human hybrid that the Bible calls the Antichrist. He will do great miraculous things. He will mimic Yeshua in many ways, and in just the same way he will mimic the Buddha, the Brahmin, and, excuse me, the Buddha, the Brahmin, who will 
he will claim to be the final imam for the Muslims. Um, he will cure all the world's ills because he sent them in the first place. He'll just remove the curses that he's placed here, where his father Satan is placed here. He will soon afterwards demand to be worshipped, and, and a sign of that adoration will be some sort of mark on the right hand or forehead. He will coax many to take the mark by promising them immortality and a form of godhood. His panacea on earth will last for a short while until he realizes not everyone follows him. Then he'll start a murderous campaign of evil. There will come a time when Yahweh, the real God, will close the books and call us, call us all home. Those of us that are his, that is. After which time he will start judging the world for their evil ways. The culmination of this story is an earth that will probably not be recognizable because of all the judgments that have been that have occurred, um, and also what mankind has done to the earth in the first place. This demented creature will decide to call Yahweh the, to the carpet in one final battle, which he'll lose, and he'll be tossed and he'll he'll be tossed along with his false prophet buddy directly into a lake of fire and brimstone. In reality, the full disclosure is this, that Yeshua died two millennia ago to save us from our sins and to turn us into the form of, a form of hybrid, his form, described as a new creature in scripture. He's offered forgiveness and eternal life to all who will accept it and seal the deal with the promise of a resurrection. After his return, the story continues, will he turn the world into a Garden of Eden? After the passing of a thousand years, Satan is let free to deceive those who are born under Yeshua's reign. Um, those who did not accept him will join Satan in a brief, a very brief battle. Uh, that they'll lose, of course. Then uh, Yahweh destroys the creation and creates a new heaven and earth uh, with a new Jerusalem that will be the mansion that he promised that he was building for his followers. Scripture says, and God will live with men, and it'll be in a paradise that uh, we mortals now could never comprehend. Dolan's aliens are all gone, swimming in a lake of fire. Hell is destroyed in that fire, and perfection exists forevermore. Yes, you can You can choose Dolan's temporary saviors, and you'll suffer their fate in the end. Yahweh said in Scripture, Behold, I set before you life and death, choose life okay I didn't need not mean for this to be a condemnation of Richard M. Dolan um, just comparing some words in Gamatria that describe his him and his ministry pretty well um, as long as he's drawing breath he has a chance to uh, to change his mind and to get a might a right mind by coming to faith in Yeshua, but you know he's pretty rich and he's making a lot of money now, and that's uh, usually keeps people from um, seeing. They see peripherally; they don't see straight on. Um, so, the things of this world have carried him away, and um, it would take a lot for him to come back. But miracles do happen. Okay, I say come back. I don't know what his uh, his origins were, but um, you know all things are possible. 
um, in God and through Christ Yeshua, Messiah Yeshua. Um, so anyway, that kind of wraps up. I'm working on one now for Stephen Greer, whom I respect a lot more than I do Michael um, Richard Michael Dolan. Um, for various reasons that I explained in the work that I'm doing. Um, that'll be coming out in a week or two. Uh, we will be having a show or, a, excuse me, a radio program uh, this coming Monday. We'll be talking about, um, there's always new twists and turns coming with this, uh, this vaccination stuff for COVID-19. Um, there are, I, I did a show a few weeks ago um, asking why um, rabbis are telling people to get the shot. And there's there's actually a rabbi online that um, is explaining everything, you know, the um, methodology that these rabbis are using. And um, he goes into what the shot's all about in the whole nine yards. We'll talk some about that. Um I'm looking at what else here. Um, we'll be talking about chemtrails, how they're polluting the waters, and how, how they're setting, you know, the shot may not appear to be doing anything, but it's killing immune systems, and, and other things that they're doing is what's really going to take people out. We'll be talking about uh, Daniel, and uh, that uh, we should really be pra- practicing civil disobedience when it comes to these shutdowns and not being able to meet in uh, synagogues and churches like we um, we have for millennia. And um, so Daniel is a prime example. Um, we're talking about um, some rabbis and lawyers that are actually uh, Israeli and they're going to the world court to stop this forced vaccination. I think that's one of the most wonderful things I've ever heard of um, uh, based on the fact that the, the Nuremberg laws that tried doctors that did this before, forced vaccinations, forced medical procedures and stuff like that, um, what's happening in Israel and will probably happen here sooner or later in the States and in the rest of the West. Uh, forced vaccinations um, is definitely illegal and um, if they win in a world court maybe it will stave off that uh, practice and we won't have to worry about that so we'll be talking about those things and others Um, Brian and I tonight were talking about um, strange things that we've seen on uh, Google Earth Um, I want to talk about some of that stuff again um so it should be a pretty exciting show. So we hope that you're there on Monday and, well, Tuesday, because I'll post it late Monday night. But, um, you know, we'll share everything we can with you guys that we found. And um, and then we'll go from there. But uh, we will be here on Monday night for sure. Okay. <laughs> so. That having been said, uh, Yahweh bless you, um, keep you, make his face shine on you, be gracious unto you. If you celebrate Resurrection Day um, tomorrow, uh, be blessed as you do. That is the blessed hope, the return of Yeshua, and the resurrection of the body and or the transformation of the live body into an eternal state. 
So that in itself should be would be a pretty good show. Maybe we'll consider that. But anyway, until that uh, until Monday or Tuesday, uh, be blessed. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Um, like I said, if you celebrate Resurrection Day, have a blessed day um, doing that. And um, we'll talk to you soon. And let's see, I gotta figure out how to shut this down. Okay, there we go. Um, thank you. I just want to thank you guys for being a really good audience. And on um, Rumble, we're really growing leaps and bounds. It's every week we're getting about 25 or 30 new followers. So. Um, that's been a real blessing and I never joined Rumble to make money and it looks like we're making a scant um, scant little bit of money and that doesn't matter um, if they took all the money away tomorrow it wouldn't matter just as long as we're able to talk to you and and have fellowship with you and um, explain things and and share our hearts and scriptures and and hopefully uh, the intent of uh, God's heart with you Um, that's all that matters so anyway be blessed and um, we'll talk with you soon good night